Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Welcome into the Osmo MMA Strategy Show. We're here to get you ready for UFC Vegas number 42. Yeah, I had to go to the UFC's Twitter account to see which number we were actually on this week as I was doing my show on Wednesday going, are we at 42, 43? You know, but we are at 42. Of course, we're here to break this one down for you. Of course, we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Later on the show, we're going to tell you a little bit about Monkey Knife Fight. Talk about some of the props over there, as I will tell you, as I was putting together my spreadsheet a little earlier a lot of total strikes. We got a bunch of fighters over 100. And, of course, you know Max Holloway's one of them after that performance he had against Calvin Cater. Of course, as always here on this strategy show, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, always uh, great to be talking a little MMA with you here on a uh, Thursday afternoon. I had, I had to think, I was like, what day of the week is it? Yeah, I'm all screwed up as well. Uh, what's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? Uh, thanks for joining us today. Uh, anytime Max Holloway is on the card, you know, I'm excited. I absolutely love watching this fighter fight. Um, it's just a spectacular skill, you know, inside the octagon. So again, I can't wait to see the fight. And we're going to get to this fight later on. Pete, we didn't even talk about this before the show. What? I'm scared to say this. Uh, I think the first fight of the night is a must roster fight. Yep. Agreed. Okay. I'm glad that we're on the same page. I don't think that's too bold. Uh, I know you hate the first fight of the night, but when I was doing my, my pre-show breakdown, I I fell on that fight a lot. And I'm like, yeah, I could see this going, uh, you know, one of two ways. So um, I feel like we definitely have to roster it. We'll break it down as we go on, but yeah, we're, we're definitely on the same page. And I will say this. I believe the GPP fight of the week is okay. Miguel Baeza versus Chaos Williams. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Agreed with you again, Jason, man. It's it's like you've been around this sport for a while. It's like we might text about Baeza and Chaos Williams earlier this week or something. Yeah, I, would, yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. But yes, uh, we did kind of text about that. But yeah. But uh, of course, we did lose one fight earlier this week. Kyle Dawkins and Roman DeLidze. Kyle Dawkins has already been rebooked. Uh, he's going to take on Julian Marquez uh, in February. So he's got a little bit of time the way here. But Pete, let's get right into this. Of course, main event, Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. Let me just first ask you this. When you hear the news that, yeah, that Max Holloway is as much a 7-1 to betting favorite in this one, what went through your mind? I think he should be. Um, I really do think he should be because the guy is just absolutely incredible. Um, and I think it also has something to do with his opponent. Yair Rodriguez has looked spectacular when he's not, you know, when he has a comfortable distance between him and his opponents and he's able to let off his kicks. 
but he's been outboxed numerous times. And you saw that in the, in the uh, Korean zombie fight where he was absolutely, you know, beaten from pillar to post. And then at the very final seconds of the fight throws a wild, you know, kind of reverse up elbow, like a spinning elbow where he ducks his head and throws that. And that was kind of like a hail Mary that got him through that fight. But up until that point, a very, very strong boxer was picking him apart. And I feel like Max Holloway is a hell of a lot better than the Korean zombie. So I'm, I'm expecting Max Holloway to have answers for everything that Yair Rodriguez throws at him. But obviously, whenever you're facing a talented kicker, you have to be very, very careful with your defense. Obviously, Max Holloway coming off performance where he scored 209 DraftKings points, where he landed 400 and 45 significant strikes in a 25-minute fight. Yeah. Okay, so that goes to show you the volume's always there. Uh, the lack of power is something to, to note, right? Like, f- to hit somebody 445 times and not to and not get them out of there is a credit to Cater's toughness, but also you can kind of sit there and put uh, Holloway's power under a microscope and be like, you know, may- maybe he needs to sit down on, on his punches a little bit, or maybe he's comfortable just – you know, with the, the attrition of, you know, dominating from bell to bell. And, and a lot of fighters are like that, right. Where they value domination over the entire duration of the fight rather than quick finishes. So I don't know. I just love Max Holloway. However, this fight goes, uh, the odds, obviously it's an MMA fight, little gloves facing a talented kicker. Anything can happen, but I'm extremely siding in Max Holloway's favor. The last time Max Holloway did not land at least 100 significant strikes in a fight, 2016 versus Anthony Pettis. Of course, he got the victory there uh, in the third round. Um, you know, of course. By the way, we do have pricing out on Fanduel already. Typically, we do these earlier shows; they don't have them out there. But twenty-three dollars for Max Holloway, twelve dollars for Ayer Rodriguez, and of course, over on DraftKings, ninety-five hundred for for Max and six seven hundred in terms of Yair. I mean, look, I, I think the, the question in terms of our DFS lines this week is, okay, how much Max do you want to get to? And then what does the rest of your roster look like? I really don't want to get to Yair Rodriguez. I just don't think this is a great matchup for him. Mm. Um, but, man, it's it's going to make roster construction interesting when I'm trying to put in a Max Holloway. Yeah, I definitely will make it interesting. Uh, I think the 9,500 is warranted. Uh, he is the Steph Curry of this slate, and uh, he could definitely provide a very, very high score. Um, obviously, if it's a third round decision, that's a uh, third round decision. If it's a third round finish, that's always our fear. If for some reason it was lackadaisical in the early rounds, but I mean, th- there's no reason for me to get away from Max Holloway. Um, you know, he, he struggled in, in the matchups against Volkanovsky, where in losses, he scored 54 and 43 uh, DraftKings points. So let's say he got the decision on that. Uh, it would have been 73, it would have been 84. Not really the best score, but I also feel like Volkanovsky is such a stylistic nightmare for him in certain areas where he has to be, you know, very aware of takedowns. He's not going to have to worry about Yair Rodriguez trying to take him down. At least I don't think so. Uh, you know, he's going to be able to go in there against another striker and just display his entire arsenal, as you saw against Calvin Cater. So there's no reason for me to get away from him. I'm fine spending up for it. If people are a little afraid of Max Holloway, arguably one of the best fighters of all time. Well, they can be afraid of him. I'm not. So what's the path to the is in your mind? He's got to catch him with a, with a kick. Uh, I, I really don't foresee him beating Max Holloway for five rounds. Uh, don't even foresee him winning three rounds against Max Holloway. It has to be disguising a kick behind his hands. And a lot of times when you have a tricky kicker, 
they can make you move into kicks. Uh, I like to think that I can kick pretty, pretty well. And I like to set up my kicks behind my hands a lot. Um, and I can blend it. And if, a, if you have an artist who can blend their punches into their kicks, sometimes you, you miss a beat and you don't see it coming. That's what I, I think that he has to have a variety of, of kicks. He has to target, you know, all levels, uh, low, medium, and high. And he has to make Max Holloway guess which level it's going to go where he thinks he's going low and he's going high. And, uh, if Holloway's defense is not tight enough, um, you, you get, you see some people try to get away with blocking with just one hand. And when that, when that occurs, the force of a kick goes through the block a lot. And that's where you see people get knocked out when they're not expecting it. I like to see reinforced blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like to see Max Holloway shoot counter straight down the middle, but I think it's going to be very, very tough sliding for Yair Rodriguez. His price is always appealing because 6,700, if this goes, if this does go the distance, you would think that he could possibly be a part of the optimal if he's able to land a ton of strikes but he could also be a punching bag for five rounds. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm siding with Max Holloway. I probably won't stack the fight. Missed this question from Matt uh, in the chat. He says, given that Rodriguez is only 6,700 on DraftKings and the fight is essentially even money to go the yeah. distance, is this the week the main event can be stacked in cash? Yeah, I mean, so kind of just exactly what I said. I mean, I would have minimal exposure to a, a stack uh, just because I think, I mean, he can land a ton of kicks. But whenever you're kicking so much, that does zap your energy more than, than punches, obviously. Um, and also if Max Holloway counters, or if he's just not there, we could still see him not really pay off even that low price because it's just going to be a dominant performance for, for Max. So I will actually say that I, I don't recommend ca- uh, stacking, but in cash, it's always somewhat safe because it's so, so cheap and allows you to get to everybody. Uh, did want to uh, mention a note on Yair, Yair Rodriguez. This is his first fight in two years. Mm-hmm. Of course, he was supposed to have a fight in 2020 against uh, beat Bobby Sharapov. That fight did not happen. And then he ended up getting a USADA suspension for a whereabouts failure. Um, yeah. For those who aren't aware, basically what, what fighters have to do, there's an app they have on their phone that basically says, this is where I'm going to be. And then if they show, I think, I think once they you get three strikes, once basically a third strike happens, that's when you potentially get aware about policy violation there so first fight in two plus years for yair rodriguez there's something to kind of think about in this one uh, but i understand why someone may want to uh stack this one in cash of course this is the awesome mma strategy show getting ready for ufc vegas number 42 and of course uh be sure to subscribe also right here on youtube as i mean look every single day we got a ton of great shows for you and of course if you're not also a plus member and you want to see what's behind the paywall today's free premium data and tools NBA player projections, Thursday night football, top plays, NHL top stacks, and for a limited time, college basketball DFS projections. College basketball is back. I know what Knowles had a had a good game last night against Penn, so excited to have some college football back in our lives. Of course, the co-main event of this fight card, heavyweight matchup, Ben Rothwell taking on Marcus Rogerio de Lima, 8,600 for Big Ben, 7,600 for de Lima, 18 and 13 dollars respectively over on FanDuel. And uh, Pete, we have the Ronda Marcus of the fight card here. <laughs> Yes, we do. Um, you know, it's a volatile matchup. It's a heavyweight fight. Obviously, uh, you know, you have to be very careful with your selection in these bouts. But I feel pretty confident that Ben Rothwell is going to be able to go out there and have a solid performance against uh, Rogerio De Lima. I just think that he checks more boxes for me than De Lima does. Uh, De Lima did look, you know, pretty good in his last matchup against uh, Maurice Green. 
where you actually saw him showcase some takedowns and get some top control. But I don't really foresee that happening against Ben Rothwell. I think Ben Rothwell's the, the better grappler, the better, better wrestler. Um, and he's just tricky. He's so tricky and he has some sneaky chokes where Rogerio de Lima has struggled in the past of, you know, he, he's the guy that got, you know, choked out from uh, Alexander Romanov with the forearm choke, which isn't really a choke. Um, he leaves his neck out there. Stefan Struve, arm triangle, open St. Prue, Von Flew. Go through his entire record. He has a multiple losses via choke. So I think for Ben Rothwell, needs to somewhat be careful of the wild swing in Rogerio de Lima, capitalize on a mistake, and then snatch up that neck. The reason I call this the Ronda Marcos fighter of this card is because Marcos Rogerio de Lima yeah. has not won. He has alternated wins and losses in his last 11 fights. The last yeah. time he won back-to-back fights, 2014, he is coming off a win. and uh, so he's due, he's due for a loss, bro. <laughs> well, look at his wins in the UFC. They all have something in common. Um. None of them are in the UFC anymore. Is Maury, Richardson Morea, Igor Petrachek, Clint Husser, Jeremy Kimball, Adam uh, Wazarczyk, Ben Sassoli, Maurice Green. Maurice Green's not in the UFC anymore. He got cut. Uh, yeah, he got cut. His last loss, yeah. Makes sense. I mean, he's a low-level heavyweight for sure. Ben Rothwell is not what he used to be. He was a damn near title contender, um, and uh, he has some notable wins. I think for, for Ben, he's able to get – out volumed at times and beat to the punch at times his tricky movement and just weird angles can catch people off guard. And that's kind of what comes through and bails him out a lot of times. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't foresee Rogerio de Lima beating him for 15 minutes. So I'll have to side with Ben Rothwell, finding a way to get this done and trying to go back to the well and test that, that submission defense of Rogerio de Lima. I will say this in terms of the, the props bets in terms of this one, the two mm-hmm. that stick out to me is I think if Marcos Ruggiero de Lima wins this fight, I think it's early. So round one, he's at plus 450. Rothwell via submission plus 400 is another very interesting prop out. There. That to me doesn't make any sense. I'm going to have to throw something on that. Uh, you know, it's I could see this going the distance, but given the history of Rogero de Lima and how he's lost some of his, his fights and how he at times has fatigued and uh, got put in bad positions. Rothwell's got a very, very sneaky choke. So I can actually see him snatching up that neck pretty easily. Yeah. I mean, this is, it's not a heavyweight fight that I think you're going to feel great in rostering. Um, yeah. But I think the longer this fight goes on and it may particularly, I think maybe if you want to look at it, maybe Ben Rothwell wins this fight in the second round. Um, I, I will tell you, we're going to talk about this fight in terms of monkey knife fight. I think Ben Rothwell's number is way too high. Way too high on total strikes. We'll get into that there here in a little bit. Uh, next up, we got a female matchup. Felicia Spencer taking on Leah Letson, 9,100 for Felicia Spencer. Leah Letson, she's 7,100 and then it's 21 and 10 dollars respectively over on Fandle. I see you shaking your head. Wait, what do you shake your head for? I'm just puzzled by this matchup. It's just so odd. Uh, okay. because like Felicia Spencer has fought absolute legitimate competition since, since she came in. I mean, mm-hmm. she she debuted. And had and got a victory over Megan Anderson, which I thought was extremely impressive. And we you know that was kind of like the Achilles heel of Megan Anderson as her ground game and what happens if she faces a talented grappler. And then she was absolutely thrown to the wolves, fought Chris Cyborg, and then given a softball matchup against Zara Farron, where you saw her, you know, showcase excellent ground skills and route to a ground and pound finish. And then also, uh, you know, after that performance, thrown to the wolves again against Amanda Nunes. So, you know, following that fight, we saw her go against Norma Dumont. 
And I thought that it would be competitive, but I believe I did side with Felicia Spencer because I just was like, she's fought the tougher opposition mm-hmm. at this yeah. moment. She's uh, she's checked boxes. She's able to blend everything. She's got good kicks. She's got decent striking. She was going toe to toe with Chris Cyborg. Didn't get finished. She went the distance with Amanda Nunes. Got beat from pillar to post. Didn't get finished. I, I felt like it was a pretty confident pick that she was going to you know get a victory over Norma Dumont. But let me tell you, Norma Dumont has looked absolutely incredible. She just won yeah. not too long ago and looked spectacular. So uh, now you're you're giving her what I think is kind of like a get right fight against Leah Letson, uh, who has been away from the cage for a little bit, uh, five and one overall. So relatively green in comparison to Felicia Spencer, especially when you look at the, the opposition, uh, lost on the ultimate fighter to Macy Chasson has a victory over Bay Malecki. Not sure how to really value that. And then a, a victory over Yulia Stoliarenko uh, back in 2018. So a, a big, big inactivity, uh, so I, I'm still siding with Felicia Spencer. There's no, nothing that I've seen from Leah Letson to make me want to even get tempted in picking her in this fight. And I think 9,100 for Felicia Spencer is a discount and, uh, she should actually be more to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want to get to Leah Letson here. I mean, three-year layoff, uh, as I, I believe she, she's still uh reserve military. Yes. Um, so happy like veterans, yeah. happy veterans day to everyone out yeah. there that, that served yes. our country. Thank you for your service. Um, you know, that has played part of her, her layoff as well here, but yeah, to me, I want to get to, uh, Felicia Spencer here at 9,100. And like what you said there, I think you're, you're completely right. It's like a get, a get back fight, get well fight. You know, the, yeah. those fights that, you know, are set up where you have a clear a side and a clear B side to the fight. Of course, uh, right before the show, I do know that, uh, the boss man did update ownership projections. So you can check that out over at awesome.com. And if you want to get access to all the great tools and content, we have over awesome. You got to sign up for also plus weekly pass for $29.95. And if you're a new user of also plus platinum, we got a special for you during this show. We use the promo code MMA strategy show. That's all word, all caps MMA strategy show for 25% off your first week of also plus platinum gets you access to all the great premium tools the day we have over there on the MMA side of things. Get you those ownership projections, that top fire tool that really is, it's a, a spreadsheet that I look at every time when I'm developing my MMA lines. So be sure to check out that. Take advantage of that offer if you have not been an also plus member. MMA Strategy Show is that promo code. Let's move over to a matchup that I believe is a GPP fire of the week. Miguel yep. Baeza and Chaos Williams. 8,500 for Baeza, 7,700 for Chaos Williams. 18 and 14 respectively there over on FanDuel. This is, I mean, to me, it's a GBP fight. I think also this is kind of a boom-bust type fight as well because I feel like if you're on the wrong side, potentially this could be that fight where you have 10 points, 15, 20 points. Um, Two strikers here. I mean, we have seen a more calculated approach from Chaos Williams. I'm glad you brought Um, that up, yeah. You know, you look at, you know, he came in, you know, those first two round finishes, but his last two fives, we've seen more of a patient guy here. But I do wonder, Miguel Baeza, will ultimately the kicks lead to a knockout win for him? Yeah, so I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, if this is the Chaos Williams who debuted in the UFC, then I would absolutely circle this matchup and probably have 100% exposure. Now, there is a route where I can actually see this going the distance where it's a calculated striking affair. They're both very, very tough. Uh, they're both very talented. So maybe... I am overestimating the, the finishing ability of both of these guys because I feel like it'll be a, a, a highly contested affair. But for a good percentage of my lineups, I'm going to treat this like somebody's getting knocked out. 
they have the skills to knock each other out. And you're also talking about Miguel Baeza coming off a knockout loss where yes, it's against, you know, one of the most talented strikers in the division against Santiago Ponzinibbio, but it, it wasn't, even, okay. I, my, uh, my apologies. It wasn't even a finish. I thought he got finished. He didn't. That's how bad he got rocked in that fight. He ended up making it, you know, all the way through lost a decision, but he was very close to getting out of there. Um, but that was a lot of uh, damage he took in that fight. Chaos Williams has looked a little bit more reserved, has the power. That power looked absolutely incredible against uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I mean, that that knockout will live on forever. Before that, Alex Morono. Uh, and then a more laid-back, you know, calculated striking affair against uh, Michelle Pajaya and Semmelsberger. So I'm not really sure what to get here. Uh, I like what you said about the kicks and the, the calf kicks of Miguel Baeza. I think could be the difference maker here when you're facing a guy who's so boxing oriented, they are a little too heavy on their lead leg. And if you can, you know, land some calf kicks, you really chew that leg up, you know, make them hesitant about coming forward. The takedown starts to go out the window now as well. So for the majority of my lineups, I will act like this fight, somebody's getting finished and I will be siding with Miguel by Aza. Um, you know, I wish that they were kind of a little closer in price, 8,500. It's fair. It's a fair price. Uh, I just really like the skill set of Baeza. Uh, I also like the fact that I know that he's a uh, very talented grappler, either a brown belt or black belt, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. So he could always go that route if things get ugly. And I think that Chaos Williams could actually bring that out in him where he's like, man, that power is for real. I need to be safe. I need to take him to the mat. But I'll be prioritizing this fight. I don't really care who I get in my lineups, but I'm picking by is it a win. Next up, we've got a bantamweight matchup, Song Yudong taking on Julio Arce, 8,400 for mm. Song Yudong, 7,800 for Julio Arce, and then over on FanDuel, $17 for Song, $14 for Arce. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Uh, a, a pretty good bantamweight matchup. This is this is one of those fights that really interests me on the card, uh, just to see how it does play out. Yeah, it's a sneaky fight, man. I think it's a sneaky fight. And this could be a situation where this fight makes it into the optimal lineup and the Baeza uh, Chaos Williams doesn't if they go the distance. You know what I mean? Like I could see this being a high volume affair uh, where both men test each other. I think I'm interested in Song Yudong, to be honest. I think he's part of a very, very strong camp. I know Julio Arce out of Tiger Shulman's is uh, you know underrated camp, but has been for a very, very long time. Um, you know, he's a talented boxer, very, very good boxer, uh, can take people to the mat as well. He does get hit a lot and, and wears some damage, you know, pretty bad. And Song Yudong looks like a fighter who is molding into something, uh, you know, something very interesting in this division where I think that he actually could go on a run. Well, I mean, Casey Kenny was a, a very, very hot prospect in the UFC, had one of the best years of all time. And uh, Song Yudong looked good in that matchup against them. Defendants of tank downs kind of just was a better overall athlete in that fight. Kyler Phillips is a tough matchup. And you saw how Kyler Phillips is so dynamic. He was able to steal some rounds in that one. But, uh, you know, when I, when I look back and, and trying to see a lot of similarities, I could look back on that Marlon Vera fight and the Marlon Vera fight. You know, if you, if you were tested against Marlon Vera, I think that you can do well against Julio Arce. I think Julio Arce probably has the more pop in his shots. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm picking Song Yudong. I, I like him being at, you know, team alpha male. I like what they've been doing. Um, yeah, I, I know that historically they, they have not been a good gym for periods of time, but then they go on runs. And I think that, you know, the new team alpha male that we've been dealing with is a, is a strong gym. And mm -hmm. as long as you have Uriah Faber in charge of stuff, um, and you have a good, good, you know, coaching staff there, I think that uh, Song Yudong can mold into the fighter that we all hoped he was. And I think a, a fighter that can definitely contend for the title one day.
I think this is more kind of a generic thing that you can kind of talk about your experience as a fighter. This is yep. South South Southpaw versus Orthodox. Yes. And who you are say who is a Southpaw does have a three inch reach advantage. Yeah, it's a great point. And that that's why I would kind of look back at Marlon Vera and Vera likes to switch stances. So it's not like he's like a just an absolute dominant Southpaw. He switches stances sometimes depending on the strikes that he throws. Uh, Julio Arce really, in, you know, just resides into that Southpaw stance. Uh, the angles are different, man. Um, you know, the jab isn't eliminated, but you have to be selective with it. And it's basically power hand versus power hand where you want to, you know, get your head off center line and throw that right hand down the middle. Uh, your right kick's always going to be there um, where you could dig to the body. Uh, it's just the angles. It's more of the footwork. That's the most difficult thing because a lot of fighters you're so used to dealing with an orthodox fighter and moving away from that right hand. If you start to do that, you're moving into the left hand now of a Southpaw fighter. So, um, having faced another Southpaw and, you know, who a fighter who likes to, you know, fight in the Southpaw position for some time, I think Song Yudong, you know, will be prepared for this matchup. Whereas some other fighters, I'm telling you, man, it's a nightmare facing Southpaws if you haven't done it. Next up, we got a lightweight matchup. Tiago Moses taking on Joel Alvarez uh, for Moses, 9,700 for Alvarez in 20 and 11 over on FanDuel. Uh, you know, the first thing that sticks out to you, people, when we talk about the teletape is the major reach advantage that Alvarez has in this fight of seven inches. But this yeah. is one of those things of Alvarez slick on the ground. But also, Tiago Moses, he does well on the ground as well. I, I don't love the price tag here on Tiago at nine thousand, just because this guy that um, you know has shown to go to the decision. The UFC the last four fights have gone to the decision. I just think that he's going to be able to to shut down the submission game of Joel Alvarez, and I just don't know if that nine thousand dollar price tag pays itself off. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, I'll tell you what, Tiago Moises, I was really really excited about him, you know, coming into the UFC, and then he lost to Benil Dariush. And obviously hindsight 2020, Benil Dariush is a very talented fighter. <laughs> yeah. uh, I know that Benil had skills, but I didn't really see the Benil of now. Um, so then I kind of got off the train a little bit. And then he had a fantastic performance against Kurt Hollibaugh, where he landed four takedowns himself, uh, you know, en route to a hundred point performance. Um, and then he's had some good comp- uh, competitive fights uh, from Ismagalov to Johnson, Green, Hernandez, and now recently to Mahachev. I think a lot of people kind of counted him out and he started to prove that he has a well-rounded skill set. He's a part of one of the best gyms on the planet, American top team. Uh, his jujitsu has been always phenomenal and his striking I think is underrated and he's pretty crisp everywhere. So where Joel Alvarez will shine in the grappling department where he's able to snatch up necks and find finishes. He has a very, very impressive 18 and two record. Uh, Joel has to be one of the underdogs that you look at and circle just because of his finishing ability. But I, I agree with you that I don't really like this fight for, for DFS, just because I think a guy in Tiago Moises who's so sound in the grappling department can shut down Joel Alvarez and force mm-hmm. him to strike. Now, uh, you know, Tiago Moises did pretty well against Mahachev, you know, in retrospect, when you look back and you see what Mahachev just did to Dan Hooker, not really the performance I thought, I thought Hooker would be a little bit more competitive, so it's it's kind of impressive when you think that Moises lasted that long against Islam. 
Well, I mean, and I think that when you look at, we talked about this last week with the Shane Burgos, Billy Cornetillo fight mm-hmm. of the levels of competition. Where you, where you had, uh, by the way, you know, cheap plug, Billy, Billy Q will be on my show next week. <laughs> A little cheap plug there for me. Uh, we talked actually Billy tomorrow um, nice. about, about what happened with his fight with Shane. But, you know, Shane had fought the higher level of competition leading into that fight where Billy was working his way up. And I think this is kind of very similar situation here where Tiago has fought you know, uh, you know, a much higher competition at 155 pounds as opposed to what Alvarez fought on the other side. So I think that's just something to kind of, as you think about, you got Alvarez coming up, but I just, you know, the question is, I think, can he make this a jujitsu fight and, and start to work that ground game? Yeah. I mean, anything can happen, right? Like uh, Moises could jump for a guillotine and then you have a guy in Alvarez who's on top. Uh, I'll tell you, Quarantillo, uh he really surprised me his toughness is always something that we know of but uh his volume looked great i thought his combinations looked good i thought that i could definitely tell there was some improvements in his boxing and credit to your plug and 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 your information that you you said on you know last week's strategy show for that um and he was ended he ended up being a part of the optimal lineup and that that goes to show you a losing fighter with his that that fight was bananas they threw so many strikes. I'm sitting there trying to work, and I'm just like, this is one of the best fights I've ever seen. <laughs> I, I don't have the sound on, so I'm obviously not listening to the commentary, but uh, I, I'm sure the crowd and everybody was going wild because it was such a high-volume, violent affair, and I thought that Billy should hold his head high after that performance. I mean, look, last time it was just a great combat sports was, night. Oh, I mean, my God. It was You know, right, right from the first fight of the pay-per-view, I mean, and, and so many great things even happened on the prelims. It was, it was overall What was, your, what was your favorite fight? For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, it's got, it's got to be Gaethje Chandler. Yeah. Okay. Here, here's yeah. a crazy, here's a crazy thing. Okay. It's probably not even Gaethje's most exciting UFC fight. He's had some bangers, man. He really has. And, uh, you know, Chandler looked amazing early and I was like, oh my God. And okay. you know, Chandler's known for his work ethic. So I'm like, I don't really foresee this guy getting so, so tired. I know that he's, pumped up with good, you know, big muscles and all that. But uh, Gaethje was on skates early and then Gaethje planted him on his butt with one of the best uppercuts, best timed uppercuts I've ever seen. As I'm watching that fight, one of the thoughts that went in my mind is we all know the power Justin Gaethje has in his hands. Yeah. What's it say about the power Patricio Pitbull has? (laughs) Good point, brother. Good point. I I think Pitbull is one of my favorites. Um, and you know, credit look what AJ McKee just did to him too. So it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, MMA math does not make sense, bro. It really <laughs> no, does. Doesn't. It does not. Uh, you will have, if MMA math made sense, you would have some really random fighters on like the top leaderboard. 
Yeah, uh, Chris Barnett. We got to mention him. He, what Ooh. performance he had, and, and oh what I God. mean, and what a great sign after the fight. He's like, hey, this guy's retiring. You know, let's show him love. I thought that was really cool. Taking and, an advantage of mic time, bro. And uh, he's a character from the dancing. You know, walking out. Um, his his style. I think that you know that was a hail mary. Uh, he's tricky. I don't really foresee these performances duplicating going into the future, but it was one hell of a performance and he took advantage of the mic time and became a star overnight. Yeah, man. I, I want to say like, I think I saw something. he gained like 50,000 Instagram followers or something like yeah. that. It was something, something crazy. Yeah. John Ank was telling a story about uh, these dance moves that Chris Barnett pulls off Yeah, that he sees them in video games and his yeah. mindset is hold on. Someone performed that move. Yeah, no, senses all I around like him, <laughs> and he hey, tries them. I used to do that too, like when, when you're playing Tekken or you're playing Street Fighter or whatever you're doing. Like uh, Huarang was like my guy, and he throws so many dynamic kicks. So you you would definitely try to mimic some of the combinations, but some of them are absolutely ridiculous. Like I ain't doing no backflip, like backflip double kick. Get the heck out of here! But uh, yeah, that was a great performance. And, and Dave brings up the point. He says, "Doesn't look like the athlete he actually is." No, yeah, right. he, is, he has had that body for. He used to fight here in the Tampa regional scene, um, and, and like the best way I can put it is, I think a lot of people gravitate towards him in the stands because they go, "I've got that body frame." Roy Nelson. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally. Roy Nelson. That's. I mean, he, he became a star by rubbing his belly and knocking people out with a big overhand right and a big beard. Um, <laughs> You know, it's if people can relate to you, they like you. Oh, if they no. can, yeah. it, it, it doesn't even have to be about like visual. Like if they can relate to a situation you're going through, people will obviously support you. So uh, credit to Barnett, you looked awesome. Yeah, he looked absolutely amazing. Of course, this is the also MMA strategy show. We're getting you ready for UFC Vegas number forty-two, and we are sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. With Monkey Knife Fight, you are in charge. Head over to monkeyknifefight.com. Use that promo code Awesome for an instant first match deposit of up to one hundred dollars. And of course, you got to use our player props tool we have over awesome.com, which is an absolutely amazing tool. You got to take advantage of that when you're playing over at Monkey Knife Fight. Let's look at the main event, co-main event, Pete. Main event, yeah, Max Holloway, Yair Rodriguez. 165 and a half total strikes landed for Max Holloway, 123 and a half. I, I think this is, I think it's a less situation, no matter how long this fight goes on Yair Rodriguez. Oh, okay. But now the Max Holloway is an interesting one. If Come you on. think this thing's going 25 minutes, I say more. If you think this fight's ending in four rounds or less, I think you got to go less. Okay. Okay. Fair, fair, fair. If it goes five rounds, he absolutely surpasses yes. that he talked about he wants to like land six eight hundred strikes or something stupid like that um so finishes he ended up taking out uh anthony pettis jose aldo twice and brian ortega so it comes down to how do you stack yair rodriguez's toughness do you think he can take so many shots like calvin cater did where you know that stubborn new england mentality um we'll have to see i would probably lean Hmm. I'm probably going to say more because I think it's, he's going to land so many. Uh, if we look at Yair Rodriguez, uh, I go to the Chan Sung Jung fight, Chan Sung Jung over five rounds landing 126. So, you know, the kid does have toughness and he does have a chin. So I'm going to say more, but a finish really wouldn't surprise me. Co-main event, Ben Rothwell, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, 83 and a half for Ben Rothwell, 54 and a half for Rogerio de Lima. I think the number on Ben Rothwell is way too high. What's it? 
50? 83 and a half. Oh, yeah, that's way. Yeah. And then 50 in the other side. Um, yeah. I don't know. It could be a sloppy affair. I mean, he scored 89 in his victory over Marcin Tybora. Outside of that, there's almost every fight's under 80. Yeah. So, yeah, that the Ben Rothwell one, he should be looking for a choke soon. Uh, and, uh, you know, avoiding the big power. I, I think it's a double S, honestly. I do too. I think because I, I think this fight's going to end in the second round, but be sure yeah. to use that promo code awesome for instant first match deposit of up to $100 at monkeyknifefight.com. You go to their website. You can also download their app in the app store as well. Appreciate their support here of the also MMA strategy show. By the way, we'll mention uh, I will not be here on Saturday for Live Four Lock. Uh, Greg will be filling in for me as uh, I'll be hopping on a plane as you guys are uh, doing this show here. So appreciate Greg filling in for me uh, on Saturday for Live Before Lock. And uh, uh, I think it's, I think I'm pretty good for live for locks for the rest of the year. I think though. Nice. Nice. I think there's what maybe there's one. You literally just said it. What time is lock? Uh, one o'clock on Saturday. Oh, okay. Daytime MMA. I love it. Yeah. I, I literally have to be getting to the airport as you guys are, are getting on the air, but, uh, but yeah, uh, Greg will be filling in for me on Saturday for live before lock. Let's move on to the car. We got Cynthia Calvillo taking on Andrea Lee, 8,200 for Cynthia Calvillo, 8,000 for Andrea Lee, 16 and $15 respectively over on FanDuel. And so I've got a sheet of paper here where like I have noble reach advantages, Andrea Lee, she's plus five. Then I have three fighters in my takedown city candidates. Cynthia Calvillo is one of them. Uh, To me, that is, if she's going to win this fight or have the proper game plan, to me, the proper game plan is try to put Andrea Lee on her back. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying it the other way around. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with you. Uh, Before we get to that, uh, props to our boy Aiden, who ended up taking down a big GPP last week. Uh, He's he's pretty damn sharp and uh you know congratulations but uh this fight between cynthia calvillo and andrea lee is interesting um andrea lee it's tough to really get a a read on her because yes yeah, she has a a you know submission finish over antonina shevchenko does that really hold a lot of value um no. she lost three fights in a row to Roxanne Modafferi, uh, Lauren Murphy, Joanne Calderwood. Those are three tough fighters for women's MMA. They really are. And especially when you have two of them split decision losses to Joanne Calderwood, who kind of lets fights go out of her hands. The Lauren Murphy one is interesting to me just because uh, Lauren Murphy looked like she was a, uh, you know, Lauren Murphy 2.0 up to a point. And then, uh, you know, just had a terrible performance against uh, Shevchenko. But, I mean, who who would have a really good performance against Shevchenko? Uh, losing to Roxanne Motorferry, I think Roxanne's tough. I think that she has a tricky style, especially if she's able to get on top. But now you're talking about facing a, a pretty good wrestler and grappler in Cynthia Calvillo with some solid boxing. Nothing spectacular, but some solid boxing. Uh, you know, a victory over Jessica I. That holds some, some value for me. You know, Jessica I is not what she used to be. And then losing back-to-back fights to Caitlin Chukagi and Jessica Andrade and Andrade via finish. I think this is another, some like a get-right spot for her, like a get-right mm-hmm. fight. And I think Cynthia Calvillo should look to the takedown well early and often against Andrea Lee, who her takedown defense is inconsistent. She does the right things sometimes and makes some mistakes some others. And uh, I think the pressure of a, of a fighter like Cynthia Calvillo could get to her. Uh, obviously, women's MMA is completely volatile, but... Uh, in this matchup, I feel like Cynthia Calvillo is clearly the A side. I mean, I think the one thing about mentioned about Calvillo is 
you know, I think she was better off at 115 in terms of takedowns as opposed to at 125 pounds. On Andrea Lee, Shevchenko was the first fighter in the UFC to not take her down. Machado took her down one time. Ashley O. Smith took her down two times. Montella Del Rosa five times. JoJo Calderwood two times. Lauren Murphy two times. Roxanne Matafari four times. So to me, it's a clear path to victory. And, you know, we always talk about it, you know, trying to put an emphasis on fighters who have the ability to take the fight to the ground. And and I mean, look, if, if we're in the coaching staff of Cynthia Calvillo, it's gotta be, let's get this fight to the ground. Uh, But if Andrew Lee can keep this on the feet, it could be an interesting play. I don't, you know, at this price tag, I do think it's going 15 minutes. I, I just kind of feel like if this fight's going to be optimal, Pete, I really feel like it'll be on the Cynthia side because of massive amount of takedowns, massive amount of control time. Yeah, I think the value is incredible on, on a fighter like Cynthia Calvillo. Um, when you look back and you see who she's taken down, Jessica, I very, very strong, very, very strong. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Jessica, I had a bad weight cut that fight, mm-hmm, but yeah. uh, Cynthia Calvillo took her down four times, 113 significant strikes. Uh, Marina Rodriguez uh, has looked unbelievable and has gone on quite a run uh, in a draw to her. She took her down three times as well. So that holds some merit for me. I'm siding significantly with Cynthia Calvillo, but women's MMA really doesn't surprise me when some of these underdogs pop. Uh, it could be any given night. If Calvillo just abandons the takedowns for whatever reason, and this turns into a, a striking affair, then that's where I think Andrea Lee can kind of steal the fight from her. But uh I'm, I'm going to be playing a ton of Cynthia Calvillo at 8,200. Next up, we got a featherweight matchup. Sean Woodson taking on Colin Anglin. Sean Woodson with a seven inch reach advantage in this one. He's 9,200, 7,000 for Colin Anglin, 21 and $10 over on FanDuel. I spoke to both of these guys, a part of my show this week. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> funny moment. And my interview with Sean Woodson. So are you friends with both of them or not friends, but you, you've spoken to both of them over, you know, the course of several years. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I said, Sean, true or false. Colin will go for a takedown in the first 90 seconds. He starts bust out laughing. He goes 90 seconds. You mean 30? Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> he is completely expecting that Colin Anglin is going to shoot immediately Colin England does have a wrestling background a good um, one too and, and one kind of the interesting aspects of this one is Sean Woodson does do some cross training um at glory MMA and fitness there in in, in Lee Summit Missouri he's not gone there for this one because there's kind of there's a relationship between you know James Krause and Mark Montoya of course Mark Montoya the head coach of Factory X that's where Colin England uh trains out of uh Colin moved to Colorado about a year or so ago uh with Ooh. Cody Brundage both coming out of that Michigan regional scene um I mean look if Colin is one of the one of the three fighters I have in my you know takedown candidate list yeah. uh, look if Colin England's going to win this fight it's because he's taking it down but one of the things when you watch Sean Woodson when he does get taken down he has that ability to get up and he very much has a Pete Rogers Jr. body frame really tall skinny 145 pounder well you ain't seen 145 pounds on that scale anytime soon listen this guy made me look like I was a shrimp this guy you know Sean Woodson's really, really big for the weight class. Um, and Colin England's extremely interesting this week just because of his extensive wrestling background. Uh, he scored three takedowns on Dana White's contender series against Melsic Bogdasarian, who we just saw and looked pretty damn good yeah. um, defending takedowns. He ended up scoring one takedown against him. 
the control time wasn't the best. It was only like 18 seconds, but uh, a guy in Sean Woodson, you know, his Achilles heels is wrestling. It's not bad. Yusuf Zalal was able to take him down twice, but he went two for 17, man, that's some good defense or some, you know, lethargic takedowns. The Julian Arosa fight is what really sticks out to me is any fighter that's fighting Sean Woodson should look to emulate that performance, right? Mm -hmm. Take him down, threaten with a choke, because I don't think that he has the best jujitsu. Yeah. He's, he's got some solid takedown defense for the majority of the fight. Uh, he gets back to his feet decently. Well, he'll, he'll butt scoot to the cage, but if you are kind of able to negate all that by start threatening him with submissions, that really stifles his, you know, standing up ability. So if uh, Colin England can start to threaten with a choke, that's when he can really reinforce a position. It's an interesting fight. It's an interesting underdog. I am still siding with Sean Woods, and I think the, the reach is going to be a, a very difficult problem to solve for England. 6'2 at 145 pounds is absolutely unheard of. Um, you know, a KO for him isn't out of the realm of possibility. I just don't know where Woodson lies on my priority scale if I'm really looking at a lot of these high-priced options. Um, let me kind of look right here. So we got Holloway at 9,500, Woodson 9,200, Spencer 9,100, Tiago Moises 9,000. Of those four I mentioned, I would probably say Felicia Spencer is my favorite. Would you happen to agree with that? After Holloway? Holloway's number one. He has to be. Yeah, yeah. The ceiling is this. The, the thing with Holloway, and, and this is as we're developing our roster. The, your your fear is if you don't put Holloway in your lineup, he's going to go out there and get 140, right. 150 points. I mean that that's the fear you have if you don't roster him. But like in terms of matchups, I'd rather go to, to Felicia Spencer. I would put Sean Woodson over Tiago Moises. Um, you know, the, the, when I saw the pricing initially, my first thought on Sean Woodson was, man, like, can he pay off the 9,000 price tag? Yeah. That's a great uh, point. I, and, I, and also, and another thing to note, Yusuf Salah and Colin England are uh, main training partners at, at Factory X. And just because Yusuf Zalal, in my opinion, is a lot better fighter than Colin England, I think Colin England has adequate striking to, if he follows a game plan better, he could possibly spoil Sean Woodson, who maybe is overlooking him. We see it all the time. I mean, like in all sports, you see these, these big favorites overlook these massive underdogs. I mean, look at the bills and the Jags that destroyed yeah. that destroyed everybody's parlays, including mine. And uh, in, in, in an MMA fight, a bad weight cut an injury, a correct game plan. It can all lead to an underdog coming through. So Colin Anglin definitely has some appeal this week. And England has got to be one of those guys in your underdog pool. You know, Dave yep. was asking who's the underdog pool. We'll talk about some other fighters, but Colin England has to be in that underdog pool because if he is able to utilize his wrestling at 7,000, even in a decision win, even if he's, you know, he gets you 75 points at 7,000, that's the type of fighter you're going to need in your lineup to get to Max Holloway. You're right. Exactly. Uh, it's going to be Max Holloway uh, roster construction is going to be very difficult for some, and it's going to have a lot of duplicates. So either weaving in and out of that Max Holloway exposure or, or avoiding him and hoping that he has a, an underwhelming total or something or hitting on these correct underdogs is definitely going to be pivotal for uh, the optimal lineup. So I can't wait. I hope everybody makes weight on Friday and uh, we go forward with the amount of fights we have because if we lose any more, it's going to be a very, very chalky slate. 
Oh, no question about it, of course. Uh, as we always mention on the show, we always love seeing those screenshots after the fights are over. And when you're rocking that awesome avatar on your DFS profile and you place in the top three of a contest with over 5,000 contestants and you tweet your wins to at HOF, you can get into the Awesomeo Hall of Fame. You can see the screenshots there on the screen. Uh, Statlayer taking down second place in the NFL contest there on Monday. Kudos to him taking down 20 thousand dollars over there connor talking about a free bet he had that he turned into eight hundred and twenty dollars uh thinking the awesome dfs player tool over there uh kudos what you're able to do there with your player props i, I tell you go over to awesome.com hit up odd shopper just telling you those player prop tools you got to check out there also uh seth taking down a contest there in the fred van vliet elite club with emac over there uh-huh. uh, of course also uh quentin taking down first place there uh Fancy Pants 321 is tagged there over on DraftKings. And, and also uh, C. Neal taking down first place there in NBA Mini Max Contest. Congratulations. Of course, when you want to get into the Osmo Hall of Fame, you got to be rocking that Osmo avatar. Get that Osmo.com slash avatar. Tweet your wins at Osmo HOF. You win a free month of Osmo Plus Platinum. And you can only win that one time per calendar year. Let's move on. Three more matchups here to talk about. We got Courtney Casey taking on. Jaujua, 8,800 for Casey, 7,400 for Jaujua, 20 and $11 on FanDuel. Pete, what's your thoughts on this one, man? Yeah, we got an underdog that I'm interested in, in Jaujua. And I think it's going to be a pretty chalky and, uh, you know, everybody's going to be looking to her because in low-level women's MMA bouts, the underdogs, it's a, it's a lot closer of a fight than sometimes the odds are or even the DFS salaries are. 8,800 for, 8, for Courtney Casey is is probably a big stay away for me. Um, she could definitely come through and land an arm bar from, from guard off of her back again and end up coming through. But the reality is that she is nine and nine overall in her MMA career. Liana Jojua has showcased some potential. She's eight and four. So, you know, it's a, it's a very, very volatile matchup. Courtney Casey will probably be the bigger of the two and will have a, a slightly uh, slight reach advantage in this matchup, five inches. The volume striking of Courtney Casey is what really gets her victories a lot of the times and kind of moves the needle in her direction in sloppy, you know, slugfests. But I think a, a fighter in Liana Jojua could look to go to the takedown well here against Courtney Casey. And I think that would, I would definitely recommend that here. Um, JJ Aldrich, a fighter known for just really being a counter fighter, throwing a big left hand, landed four takedowns against Courtney Casey. Uh, Jillian Robertson a fantastic grappler landed three takedowns and submitted her in the third, uh, Mara Romero Barella, one takedown. I mean, the list goes on. She's been taken down multiple times, uh, by multiple fighters and she's able to work back to her feet and engage in sloppy striking affairs. So I do think this is going to go the distance. I'll have exposure to both, but the pricing of Courtney Casey is absolutely absurd given her ceiling. I, I think it's a relatively low ceiling and a fighter in Liana Jojua, who has some strong takedowns, but it's a small sample size. Um, you saw it against Sarah Morris, where I think Sarah Morris has a, she, she's not the best MMA fighter by any means, but I think that she's pretty strong and has a, a solid ground game. So anybody that can put her in some bad positions when it comes to grappling, I think is a little interesting. And, and Joe Jewel was able to do that. Um, it's just, it's a, it's a, I don't know, like, if you look at Jojua, 
Uh, round one loss to Miranda Maverick. Round one win against uh, Deanna Belbitza. Round three loss to Sarah Morris. So she kind of goes out on her shield, and I like that as an underdog. She's going to fight for our money, so I'm okay with getting to her. This is probably going to be a part of the optimal lineup. Next up, we got Mark Daikisi taking on Rafael Alves, A700 for Daikisi, 7,500 for Alves, 19 and 12, respectively, over on FanDuel. Yeah, um, I like this fight a lot. I really do. Th- this would probably be one of my most prioritized fights just okay. because I could see uh, Mark Chikasey coming through. He's looked really good, really good striking. He tries to land some takedowns himself. Um, his gas tank is somewhat suspect. And, uh, you know, you, you saw him land takedowns against Lando Venado, who's primarily a striker. Rafael Vaziv, who is an absolute monster, was able to take him down and land good combinations against him. But his toughness was on full display there. DeCasey also took down Joe Duffy three times. So he likes to go to that well. But I think he needs to be very, very careful if he does that uh, against Rafael Alves because Rafael Alves throws heat and actually has the better ground game of these two. He's going to be the sharper Brazilian jiu-jitsu uh, you know, practitioner in this matchup, in my opinion. His top pressure is good. His volatility is high, though, because he when he loses, he tends to get finished. I, I like him here, though, as an underdog. I, I think that, you know, at 7,500, he's going to be a guy, I think, that can come through for us. Um, he's kind of flying under the radar a little bit because he missed weight by such a, a large amount and then fought, you know, Ismogolov, who uh, is a very, very difficult fighter to fight and looked good, knocked him down early in that fight, didn't get finished throughout, went to, went to, you know, attempt some chokes in that fight that was somewhat ill-advised. But Rafael Alves is another underdog in addition to Liana Jojua that I have no problem getting to, and I actually think that he has high potential. In the first fight of the night, it's going to be a fight that I believe we have oh, to prioritize. Boy. Kenny Cheku versus Dong Un Jung, 7,900 for Kennedy, 8,300 for Jung, and then $16 for Jung on FanDuel, $15 for Kennedy. And uh, Dong Un Jung is one of those fighters that's in my takedown pool. You know, um, this is just a fight. That, uh, but I will say this on the other side of the fight, man, we have seen massive pros from Kennedy fight in the fight out. Yeah, I initially, like, before I even do my tape study, I want to pick Kennedy. Like I really do. Cause he's come through for us in the past. Uh, he's actually, uh, you know, he looked good against Darko Stosic. Well, not really. He, he ended up pulling that one off. He looked good against Carlos Olberg after weathering the storm and ended up coming from behind and getting that beautiful finish. He looked good in the Danilo Marquez fight when Marquez did not have his back for the entire first round. Um, the Achilles heel for him is constantly getting out wrestled or out grappled but he is a big frame fighter. He is six, five with an 83 inch reach. So he's going to give a lot of people, uh, a pro he's going to give a lot of problems to a lot of fighters, especially as you know, from the Southpaw stance, a striker in Daoon Jung, he's a good striker, but he can close that gap and get a nice body lock takedown. He got that against William Knight, but the frames of each of these fighters were, you know, fighting, uh, Kennedy and Jekwu. I don't know if he's going to be able to get that same takedown, that body lock takedown, because against a smaller stature fighter and William Knight, who's, you know, shorter than him, but has such, you know, high muscle mass, he's able to land that takedown because he has good leverage against a guy who is like a tree in Kennedy and Jekyll. I think he's going to have to result to like a single leg or even a blast double where we've seen Kennedy get taken down. And he similar to Andrea Lee, his takedown defense is inconsistent. Sometimes he's doing the right things. Sometimes his timing is completely off. So I am siding with Daun Jung. 
But again, I think this first fight of the night, just given the nature of both of these guys, I think it's going to go, uh, it's going to be a part of the optimal lineup in a Kennedy and Jack Wu underdog coming through. Wouldn't really surprise me, but I'm siding with Dao Unjong. I think he's going to take him down, take down city. Yeah. I mean that, that to me is when I was looking at the betting odds at the start of the week, when I saw his plus money on Kennedy, that one really did stick out to me. Right. Uh, let's give our uh, straight up picks here because of course coming up next is the NHL strategy show right here on the live on the Osmo YouTube channel. Uh, let's start off with the main event. I'll, I'll just kind of go down my picks and peaking okay. give uh, Max Holloway. No, no big surprise there. Uh, give me a bit. Ben Rothwell. Give me Spencer. I will go by Aza. Give me uh song. Yudong. Uh, I will go Moses. Give me Calvillo. Don't feel great about it. Give me Sean Woodson. Uh, I will say Courtney Casey. Uh, Diet Casey. And then give me my winner dog. I'm going to go with this Kenny and Jekku. Okay. I'm going to go Max Holloway, Ben Rothwell, Felicia Spencer, Miguel Baeza, Song Yudong, Tiago Moises, Cynthia Calvillo, Sean Woodson. Uh, Colin Angle is a great uh, underdog, though. Liana Jojua, Rafael Alves, and Da Un Jung. And, of course, you can catch Pete on Saturday with Greg for Live Before Lock as they'll get you ready for UFC Vegas number 42, 1 p.m. start time, uh, lock time on Saturday, so those guys will be live at noon. I'll be back next Thursday for the strategy shows. We'll get you ready for Caitlin Vieira versus Misha Tate, which is the main event next week for UFC Vegas number so 43. Stay, stay tuned. Uh, coming up next is the NHL Strategy Show. Uh, Pete will talk to you on Saturday for Live for Lock. Have a good day, everybody, and happy Veterans Day to all of our military members out there. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks, guys. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.